Today, we're going to be talking with Rose Kizzle. Um, she's actually the creator and designer of our podcast logo, the Physiotype logo that you guys love so much. Um, so we're going to be talking to her today. We're going to be interviewing her. As you guys know, we've been looking to interview at least one of every type. Um, we have typed Rosie using Physiotype as SFP, um, but we'll get more into that in a bit. And so we're basically going to be asking her the same questions we asked Kenzie, the SFJ that we interviewed last time. Uh, you know, who is she? What does she like to do? How does she relate to physiotype? How does she relate to MBTI? Uh, things like that. If you heard the uh, last interview episode, uh, you'll uh, be able to anticipate how this one will go for the most part. Uh, I think it's interesting that we did an SFJ and now we're doing an SFP, which is uh, the opposite in a way. SFPs share no functions with those. So now we're getting the full spectrum of all, all, all Jungian functions. <laughs> yes. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Rosie, would you like to uh, say hello? How are you, Rose? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Good, good. Happy to hear that. Now, you've taken the MBTI test, right, Rosie? Yes. Do you remember what you typed as when you took the test? Mm, I typed as two. And if I'm remembering correctly, one of them is an ENTJ, I think. And the other one, I don't, I don't remember what the other one was. I just remember one being an ENTJ and the other one ENTP, maybe, possibly. Does that sound correct? Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe. For some reason, I had remembered you saying um, ENFJ at some point, but maybe I was you know wrong. What? No, that sounds, I don't remember if I'm being honest. That was back <laughs> in 2017. Okay, okay, okay. It's Either way, that's that, interesting. Uh -huh. That general EN is definitely correct. So, given that you took that test so long ago, I'm assuming you don't have too much exposure with MBTI? Like, um, Not overly, no. What about other typology? Just from Alex. Anything I hear from Alex yeah. is my exposure level. So you're not, you're not big on astrology or anything like that? No, I'm not. Although I like the stars, <laughs> but that's about it. Uh, typical SFP, like stars. <laughs> Although when people are like, you know, especially when I was in school, they would be like, when's your birthday? And I'm like, May 29th. They're like, Ugh, you're a Gemini. And I'm like, sorry. Because I guess that's a widely hated sign, I guess. So I think because of that reason, I don't like it because... No one likes Geminis, apparently. I test the, uh, or I don't test, but people say I'm a Taurus, and I've read the description, and I couldn't possibly be farther from that description if I tried. Yeah, I feel like maybe the day on which you were born doesn't um, doesn't have much to do with your personality. I'm I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> slightly, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> That's my working <laughs> hypothesis. <laughs> so as you know we've typed you as sfp mm -hmm. um do you know much about sfp outside of what i've told you like when i say i type you as an sfp what comes to mind i know supine and i say sorry too much <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good <laughs> you do say sorry too much i definitely agree with that one i do <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you ever say sorry for saying sorry? She literally says sorry for saying sorry every week. I do. <laughs> okay, this is good. This is good because last last interview we did with someone who you could argue knew too much about our system. And so it's nice to uh it's nice to have an interview with someone who yeah, has less exposure to it. I think um not that I don't think Kenzie's answers were accurate i do think that when someone knows that much about the system that we're talking about you run the chance of um them answering the response that you expect them to answer 100 yeah mm -hmm. yeah so 
we started off pretty generally last time. Should we do that again? I see you have the question up here on top. Just who are you? As, should we say Rosie? Is it Rosie or Rose? Oh, either one. You can choose. I don't mind. Which one do you not mind? <laughs> I like That's a very sublime response, Rose. I know. I know. Okay. I don't know. I always say like Rosie or Rose. Like yesterday, I had an interview with this um, filmmaker and he was like, so I noticed that your Instagram is Rosie, but when you called me, you said it was Rose. And I was like, just call me either one. I do that to everyone. Like everyone's like, which one? I'm like, pick. All right. Who are you? I am Rose, but um, I'm a graphic designer from South Florida and photographer. I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I from what I know about you, you're you're quite a few things. So mm-hmm. I'm not good at expressing myself. Um, I am kind of outgoing, I suppose. I don't know. Okay. I, I think it depends on who I'm around. Um, I'm more going depending on who I'm around. Um, I like animals. I just got a kitten the other day. Um, uh, yes, the the trash kitten, as you so elegantly put it. Yes, the trash kitten. So you're artistic. Yes. Graphic designer, photographer. Kind of extroverted, but not extremely extroverted. Mm-hmm. I've been told I'm creative. I play a few instruments, three to five, off the top of my head. Three to five. Mm-hmm. Where's the Where's the Where's the two that are? Okay, so I play <laughs> piano, violin, clarinet. I've played the trumpet in the past, and of course, well, I guess yeah, five because although it doesn't count, but I played the recorder in elementary school. Ah, but I that see. Definitely that's a count. that's a difficult one to master. Yeah, four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did get black belt, so black belt at playing the recorder. Yeah, hate to brag. Sorry. Uh, I see. We hate it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah, the super open question, right? But uh, the the goal is just to get you to talk about whatever you want relating to you. How do you think you're different than most people? That's 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 one I think we should always ask in in the beginning. I don't know uh, what 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 in what ways are you unique personality wise compared to the general population in your own estimation? What makes you special, Rosie? It could be good or bad. Like, where are you an outlier on? Like, what qualities? I think we already established that I apologize way too much, uh, more than the average person. Um, let's see. I have no idea. I'm horrible at expressing myself, so this is all, like, <laughs> not We good. are purposely asking terribly difficult <laughs> questions. <laughs> they are. They're difficult. It's normal for you to feel nervous. This is a really big podcast, so, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this. Yeah, yeah. You've probably Millions. never spoken in front of so many people in your life, Rosie. Yeah. Thank you for that. It's helping <laughs> so much. Okay, I think, I think we are going to need more pointed questions, so I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm, if you want to take it from... From here, Alex. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, so you mentioned you're a graphic designer. You mentioned mm-hmm. that you're a photographer. Yes. What else do you do? Um, I like Profession-wise. Professionally. Um, I paint murals. Everything that I do professionally is um, artistically based. Although I used to clean houses. Um, I helped out my mom i i continue to help out my mom she's an upholsterer so i help her to install different things um awnings and um like v-birth um cushions on boats stuff like that so but mainly everything that i do professionally is artistic based so do you prefer any one of those over some of the others um i enjoy photography more than graphic design but i love them both not to say I don't like graphic design I love graphic design but I also like photography because I like to get out every so often because I work from home so I just you know sit here on my computer for a few hours and then you know it's kind of boring in that sense but with photography I'm able to get up I'm able to go to different places be out in the element and it's always fun like with people to like pose them especially with families but yeah I like to be out and especially with families being able to like pose them and interact with them. And it's always fun. Get to know the person in the family. I mean, does that mean that you prefer doing photography with people as opposed to doing like 
what's the opposite of that? Stationary photography? I don't know what the term would be for that. Landscape? Landscape? Like there's landscape photography, there's real estate. I've done real estate photography before. Um, I love doing landscape photography because that means that I'm also like out, like I love going hiking. I love being in nature. So that's always, you know, it's fun, but you don't get paid to do landscape photography really unless you're mm-hmm. with some kind of magazine and I'm not. So that's why I say I like when I do photography, I always I'm always with people because that's where the money is. I see. I see. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I'm going to take a guess real quick before we move on of things that you do for work and say that the thing you least prefer is upholstery. That is correct. Why? It's hot. It's hot and it's tiring and it like it's annoying. I only have to help my mom install and um, I'm just going to take boat upholstery because there's my mom does so many different things. But I help my mom with a um, what's that called? I don't know, like a windshield cover, I guess. And like a V-birth cushion. The V-birth cushion, cushion goes at the very front of the boat. And it's easy. It's just it takes a long time because you have to shape a lot of things to that particular boat. Everything is like custom made. So you can only do so much at the house and you have to go onto the boat and like put in the snaps and, you know, custom alter it there. So it's easy. It just takes a really long time. And especially in the summertime, it's hot. And I'm like, I'm tired of this mom. I'm hungry. (laughs) And again, I can't imagine you get that much creative freedom with that kind of work. Like, no, I'm just the grunt man for my mom. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that, you don't enjoy methodical work like where you're doing that because for some people methodical work can be like a little cathartic like they're doing the same thing it's the same way every time it's not creative sure but maybe it's just like kind of relaxing and just like uh you have a you have a straightforward sense of purpose would you say that that's definitely not you mm, yeah i agree with that yeah i prefer something with more creative freedom because like i can i can do that kind of work for a little bit and it doesn't like bother me but then i get yeah. bored and if there's too much yep pattern and there's not enough like creativity or like you can't break away and do a little something extra it's boring and i get really bored with it okay we basically talked about your hobbies Mm -hmm. my hobby is a job (laughs) yeah like you kind of already do your hobbies as a job yeah because i paint not only as a hobby but i also i did a uh mural last week so basically everything that i do as a hobby is my job which is that's nice sure (laughs) <laughs> when you gotta pay your bills it's not nice <laughs> yeah but i do i enjoy it well they say if you love something never do it for free and uh i haven't found anyone to pay me to eat pizza yet but uh <laughs> it's good that you found something that works for you mm-hmm. i'm sure there's someone <laughs> there's a market for everything right that's what they tell you I'm pretty sure there is a market for that though <laughs> anyways we should move on <laughs> All right, I'm I'm sending you, Colby, Rosie's big five. Oh, excellent. Picture, screenshot. Sorry, Rosie, right. I don't know if this was super personal or not. But no, it's not. It's okay. Because, <laughs> uh, like, I already sent it to everyone. Hope it's not too important or personal. <laughs> okay, so we asked Rose to do the same big five test that we did and that we had asked Kenzie to take. Um... So we're looking. That's what we're looking at right now. You did two, so let me send both of them because there is a bit of a difference between each one. I can't believe you had her do it twice. <laughs> hey, she offered. A true scientist. <laughs> well, these results aren't good. It takes uh, like mm. ten minutes. <laughs> no, I just think it's funny because we want to put you in a box. So uh, Alex, want you to take the test a second time so that you answer more correctly. That's okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, think Rosie, of the two that you took, which one do you feel like is more accurate? They were very similar. They look pretty similar, but the numbers are actually pretty different. It's just the the bar graph doesn't quite 
express that. The bar graph is mm-hmm. meaningless, by the way. Don't look at the bar graph. <laughs> I don't know why they have a bar graph if it's not representative of the data. It's so stupid. <laughs> I don't know either. It's just random <laughs> colors to make people more interested in it. Oh, yeah. They're like, ooh, let's add some sparkles and some red. Ooh, yes. There you go. Okay, so let's let's go through this with the so the audience knows because this isn't a visual show. So mm-hmm. you tested 37 and 58 on extra version. Is that right? This is a little small for me. Yes. So let's just say, you know, that's middle of the road extra version. And you tested on emotional stability uh, 70. What was that? 76 and 66? 70 and 66. Okay. So you're. Which, if you guys remember from last. Uh, Last interview, we had to inverse emotional stability for it to be neuroticism. Oh, that's right. So, Alex, you're just reminding me. Yeah. Oh. So your neuroticism <laughs> is 30-ish, is, is fairly low. Yes, 30-ish. And then your agreeableness is 71, so you're pretty agreeable. I try. Oh, yeah, 71 on both. Conscientiousness, middle level, 46. Yeah, middle-of-the-road conscientiousness, middle-of-the-road uh, openness on each one, uh, Okay, so you're pretty. Mm-hmm. This is like very. Um, you're very close to the median on all of these. I mean, relatively close. You're surprisingly mm-hmm. close on all of them. She's most agreeable. Then okay. When you asked me like, what makes you different? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do Do you feel like these tests were accurate? Like, do they? Do you feel like they just dis- they were descriptive of you as a person? I just took it because you told me to. I don't understand it 100%. It's up to you to read the results. Okay, okay. So so let's take like extroversion, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at the, the second one you took that says uh, you scored a 58 on extroversion. So that means what the test is saying is that you are more extroverted than 58% of people that took this test. Do you okay. feel like that's descriptive of you? Like, Do you feel more or do you feel like you're more extroverted? Less extroverted? No, that sounds about right. Because, like I said, it depends on who I'm with that I'm more, like, loud with, I guess you could say. You know, I have more Mm -hmm. of a personality when I'm with certain people versus when I'm with people I don't really know. Then that's when I'm more, like, reserved and more like, hi, how can I help you? You know, like, I'm thinking about when I used to work at the bakery, I would put on, like, you know, that voice, the customer service voice and that customer service (laughs) personality so it's like when I'm with people that I don't really know, then I'm not really overly extroverted. But yeah, when I am, okay. Make- that can get pretty extroverted, I suppose. That sounds like that sounds like literally everyone in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional stability or neuroticism. So scoring a thirty in neuroticism. Do you feel like? 70% of the people around you experience more negative emotion than you? I don't know. I mean, I'm a pretty happy, upbeat person. I try mm-hmm. not to be negative. I try to always think on the positive side of things. So I suppose, yes. Okay, good. Um, Do you think agreeableness is accurate? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very agreeable. Um. Okay, okay. Conscientiousness. Do you understand what conscientiousness means? Nope. We talked about it a little bit in previous episodes, but not very much. How would you describe conscientiousness, Colby? Hardworking, um, good uh, memory for the things that you're doing. Um, you put things away. Um, you are on time to appointments. Um, it is the dictionary definition of the word. All of these are the dictionary definitions of the word. That's how Big Five works. So conscientious. It just means you're hyper aware of your duties, uh, basically, and that you're responsible for them. You're, you're a very, like, if you're very conscientious, you're very responsible. That's probably the closest synonym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in conscientiousness, you scored a f- basically a 50 in both. So like, basically, you are 50% more conscientious. Or I'm sorry, you're more conscientious than 50% of people and less conscientious than 50% of people. <laughs> <laughs> right down the middle. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I always like being on time. That's one thing. Or it's like, if I'm on time, I'm late. I like to be between five to 10 minutes early. And my mom isn't. She's very like, we get there on time. It says 7 p.m. We get there at 7 p.m. I'm like, no, 
we gotta get there five minutes early. Ah! So I'm always like freaking out because I'm like, we're gonna be on time. We're gonna be on time. But um, I feel like I'm pretty responsible when it comes to things that really need it. But I'm looking at a, you know, laundry basket full of clean clothes that needed to be put away like two days ago. So it definitely depends on what the thing is that needs to have, you know, that needs to be done. Would you say that maybe you're conscientious about things that have like a social obligation to them and not necessarily things that have to do with your personal life as much? Is that accurate? Um, yes and no. So yes, definitely when it comes to social things, like because I'm very much a people pleaser, like I always want to make sure people, you know, like I don't let people down. So that's why it's like, I want to be on time. I don't want to be late. I want to make sure like I'm bringing something. But um, even like at the house, I, I try to keep the floors clean. I try to keep the rug clean. So like different responsibilities around the house I do. But then when it gets like really, really personal, like my own room, it's all right. Like it's not as clean as I keep the entire house. Rosie, what do you what do you think of when you hear openness? I'm just curious. I'm guessing like open minded, like you're not so closed off, like you can have an opinion. But then if someone else comes and like, hey, I don't 100% agree with that. Or like, I don't have the same attitude towards it, then you're not going to be like, you're wrong and stupid for thinking that. But you're more open minded towards that other person's opinions, maybe. That's yeah, my that's thought. a exactly that okay. 100% fits into the definition of openness. That's most of what openness is. And there's like a little bit more, I think. But that's yeah, exactly. So basically, yeah, it's uh, openness to new ideas, but also openness to new experiences. Mm-hmm. So that's basically the, the close enough to the dictionary definition. So there's like, I don't know, kind of view, we mean Alex view. I think it's kind of like intellectual openness versus uh, like experiential openness. Yeah, I guess. OK, first looking at the numbers, do you, do you agree with do you agree with uh, your test results there? I've always thought I was more open, but. I don't know because I, I always I always try to be open and in the past I might have been more closed minded into like trying new things. So I'm like you know that's scary or that tastes bad. I'm a very picky eater, so like I'm closed minded when it comes to that. But I went on a super scary roller coaster, recent well like a year ago. So things wow, are- I feel like the I feel like <laughs> you'd be even more open than man. <laughs> it was scary it was the shikra bush gardens it's a 90 degree drop and they hold you there for like three seconds and you're staring at the ground from like a million feet up and they just drop you it was terrifying no, that does sound that does sound scary and it's definitely an example of uh experiential openness for sure yeah but i tried it <laughs> good job so- <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> i mean are you afraid of stuff often um you mentioned shikra as an example but like are are you Do you find a lot of scenarios where you're like afraid, where you don't try something new because you're afraid of the new thing? And also not just that, but like your, your risk threshold, like, are you conservative when it comes to experiences because you're just concerned with safety? Even if it's not just like a rational fear, maybe it's rational fear. Mm -hmm. So kind of like both of those questions we're interested in. I think, yeah, I think that's how I would describe it more as like a risk rather than like being scared, like, ah, that's scary. But we went hiking the other week or yeah, like last saturday and there was a storm coming in and i was like i would feel safer like if we kept on a hiking trail that was like kind of closer to the car because the last thing i want to do is like get stuck in a lightning storm and you're a couple miles from the car so (laughs) so i think (laughs) when it comes to things like that and alex agreed with me because he was there too i think he did (laughs) did you i don't know uh yeah i think so I don't know. That doesn't sound... Okay, never mind. But, um, yeah, I think it's not so much afraid, like, ah, oh, I'm scared, but more of, like, a like a risk yeah. kind of sense. You're just genuinely concerned about the risk. So it sounds like you're... The reason why you're not more open on the test maybe is because you're fairly conservative when it comes to risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, it sounds like you're pretty darn intellectually open. So that's probably why you're closer to the middle of the road. You're fairly low risk threshold, which I think contributes to low openness. And then you're also uh, open intellectually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It says, sorry, it says intellect and imagination. That's a, I don't know why it says that. This has nothing to do with intellect, by the way. <laughs> I'm only 46% smart. <laughs> I know. It's like... <laughs> um, do you find your mind being changed often? Like, do you change your mind a lot? Yes. 
So like I can have an idea for something and then if someone comes in with like, hey, like what if we try this instead? I'm just like, okay. If it's completely different, it depends on what it is. But sometimes I'd be like, okay, we'll try it your way. But if it's mm-hmm. like even if it's like a compromise, that's good too. But if I really, really wanted to do it, that, that particular thing, then maybe I'll fight a little bit. And then if they really want to do it, I'll just be like, you got it, bud. <laughs> that's the spirit. This sort of ties back in with what we were talking about. Um, how well do you get along with others? I would say pretty well. I try very hard to get uh, to get along with other people. So, like, even if they don't like me, I try to get them. Like, I don't force it because sometimes you just can't force it. Sometimes you just don't get along with people. But even if you don't get along with them, you can at least be nice with them because you can't really hang out. You can't expect to be buddy-buddy with everyone, but you can still get along with them. So I try to get along with as many people as possible. Everyone. So if someone doesn't like you, you still try to get them to like you? Well, there's only so much I can do for them. Like, I I don't know how to like say it exactly, but on my end, at least, I can be nice. Like, if they're not going to be overly nice, then I still, on my end, try my best to be nice. But I've never like run into people that are mean too much. Uh-huh. Well, here, here's what I've noticed is uh, the people who think that everyone's a jerk. Um, usually it's a problem with them. So when you say yes. I'd never run into mm-hmm. any people who aren't nice, that's that's a reflection of uh, you being agreeable and kind to other people in general. So that's definitely a good quality. <laughs> it's, yes. it's always a bad sign when someone's like, man, everyone I met today was a jerk. It's like, nope, I, I seriously doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's just you but okay yeah <laughs> um, every time i drive it seems like i get into a fight on the road sorry i'll stop <laughs> <laughs> i know people like that too <laughs> what kind of people do you get along with easiest maybe not the most because apparently you get along with everyone but like who who are the easiest kinds of people to get along with so like talking about like clicking like oh you just vibe with them instantly they're very outgoing, also artistic, um, and they're, I'm, I'm thinking of one particular person because this is a friend of mine that I met in high school through another friend, and um, sometimes we don't talk for like months or weeks, but as soon as we get back together, it's like we had no time separated. She's a very open person, open to no idea. She's not like... She's also very nice. She's like basically me. <laughs> I'm like I'm like about to explain it. I'm like we have almost the same types of personality traits. But yeah, she's very open. She's very creative. She's very kind, especially to others. Um, says please and thank you. Holds the door. Such a huge, such a huge <laughs> brag right now. She's just like me, humble, oh, kind. Yeah. That's definitely not what I meant. <laughs> that is definitely not what I meant. But yes. I'm joking. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. So artistic, open to new experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and doesn't have to like be the center of attention all the time because I've met people that like always have, not always have to be the center of attention, but like definitely like it. And I don't, I do not like being the center of attention. And so I, I feel like I get along people who also don't necessarily like to draw attention to themselves because I get embarrassed very easily. So that doesn't work well. I see, I see, I see. You did want to be on okay. this podcast, though, didn't you? Yes. That's why Alex actually... is paying me $25. <laughs> That's still the deal, right, uh, Alex? Um. Uh. What? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this person isn't the only person you're friends with. No. Uh, She's just, like, the number one. Like, like I said, like, we can be separated for like months. We can't, we don't have to talk for months. And then like, there's this one arts and crafts festival we went to. And we just, I don't know the way we acted, the way we hung out was like no time at all. And we can do that all the time. We just, we, as soon as we met, we clicked and we've always just gotten along. Your chakras align. Yeah. Mm, (laughs) Yes. No, that's, yeah, that's physiotype chemistry right there for sure. I'm sure. It's probably a type that you'd expect. Uh, yeah, I'd love to know what type this person was. It's interesting. Okay, what about people who you just 
you not necessarily people that you don't get along with since you get along with everyone quote unquote i try (laughs) describe a kind of person that you wouldn't immediately click with um someone who likes to draw a lot of attention to themselves um people who like i'm not saying they're rude but they're not like it's like the little things that make people nice so if you don't tip your waitress sometimes you like don't hold the door for others like you just close it right behind you even though you're in a group and you know there's people behind you you just left the door and i'm like come on what's right behind you but whatever like i'm not saying i don't get along with those people or i don't like it but it's just like i'm getting kind of into it now so but i think people yeah who draw attention to themselves who aren't overly kind and who just really enjoy talking about themselves okay people who are and people who don't like animals like you don't have to not like an animal but you don't be mean to it either or people like some people are overly mean and it's mean (laughs) oh people who don't like nature People who don't like nature. So you don't click well with people who don't like nature. No. I mean, yes and no. Because there's this one instance where um, I had to leave a function early that they agreed to go with. And they weren't going to have a problem. And it was barely drizzling. And they had to leave. (laughs) Because it was going to mess up their hair. And I was like, okay. But it was irritating. But I left. Like, we left anyway. It's fine. Is anyone going to be offended when they hear this this episode and they hear all these anecdotes about them? <laughs> no. They're big boys and girls. So lots of the things that you mentioned you dislike, those are fairly standard. It almost seems like maybe um, you value um, decency a lot, like a common mm-hmm. decency. Like you, you mentioned holding a door open and you mentioned tipping a waitress. Those are all kind of like norms almost in our society. Mm-hmm. It's not like being out outright mean those are like just um i don't know i was just trying to make a connection and and come up with something uh novel no i understand what you mean and yeah it's like just like basic decencies that you should do for everyone like tipping the waitress and yeah like i've I've been out to dinner before and i had someone fold up a one dollar bill so it looked like four of them and just left it for their whole meal and we were with like a ton of people and i'm like course i'm not gonna call them out but like i'm looking and i'm like (sighs) and i felt bad so Uh uh i don't know i just don't like that about people yeah right the common decency Mm. uncultured swines it's how people treat others that's it that's that's the common denominator right in your pet peeves it's how people treat others you're not annoyed necessarily at like them doing a pet peeve that bothers you it's more about how they treat people in general. Okay, that, that's the thread I was looking for. Yes, right? that's exactly. Is that maybe true. Do you think? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's here's a question. Like, I know objectively, you. I'm sure you, you'll agree with me that like objectively, treating a person badly is probably worse than treating an animal equally as badly. Oh, of course. Which one of those two actually makes you feel worse? So, like, okay, so someone didn't tip the waitress, but what if they didn't tip the waitress and the waitress was a dog? Which would be <laughs> more offensive to you if the waitress happened to be an animal in this case? I mean, I mean, definitely if, um, like, if they mistreated a human, it's worse than mistreating an animal because an, a human is a human and an animal is an animal. But still, if you can't treat, if you can't treat an animal right, you definitely can't treat a person right because I don't know. That's just that's just how my mind works. Like, if if you're gonna go over there and like kick a dog. And it's just a dog. Like, how do you? you ugh, it frustrates me. If a if an adult is is teasing a little kid, versus an adult teasing a poor little kitten, which one bothers you more? How are they teasing the kid? Ah, uh, hmm. Something that's like not physical abuse. So like nothing like extreme. They're ga- they're gaslighting the kid. How about? Oh. They're telling the kid his head is too big or something. His head is too big? Yeah. They're saying like, oh, look, how big is Rosie's your head? Like, it's oh, kind of I like agree. a cute but still teasing. And the, it kind of bothers the kid. I mean, I I tease little kids all the time. But if I see it's going to like like upset them, then I stop. Because I'm like, okay, you know, this is too far. The kid's not enjoying it. 
But with an animal, I had kids. Um, Tease my dog, and now she hates kids because it's a dog and she doesn't understand that they were just playing. But I think it definitely depends. Like for me, I tease kids all the time. Alex and I joke about that all the time. Like, like yes. making fun of babies and stuff. But yeah. um, they look weird. I don't know. Whatever. Well, babies are incredibly stupid. It's true. So okay, good. Yes. They're stupid and ugly and wrinkly That's the thing. and like they're so wrinkly. The color, it's not natural. <laughs> they get they get cute after like a couple months, but yeah, like the first few months is like, oh no, thank you. We just like to take a moment to thank all of our Patreoners for supporting this show. As you guys probably already know, uh, we don't do this full time. We have our own jobs. We have busy lives ourselves. So the fact that there are people that are willing to support us on Patreon is very encouraging for us. It helps us stay motivated um plus the people who are on patreon they get all sorts of perks themselves for one they get the podcast early so they get the show before everyone else does um on top of that they get first look at our blog posts they have a say and the topics that we talk about um but yeah thank you again guys we appreciate it uh if you're not on patreon yet there's a link in the show notes if you're interested um but yeah Thanks again, guys. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you two statements. Um, and then I want you to... Uh, actually, I'm, I'm going to give you two statements and just on a scale of one to ten, rate how much you agree with each statement. First statement is this. Everything is connected, yet all of it unique. One to ten. How much do you agree with that? Very metaphysical. Hmm. Everything is connected, yet all of it unique. Maybe like a seven. Okay. Next. Everything is distinct, yet all of it made up of the same thing. Mm. I agree with that more. So probably like a eight and a half. I know you're an SFP, but it's good to have someone on my side. The second (laughs) statement is... So the second statement is more of a meta thing, mm-hmm. and um, the first statement is more messa. Um, messes like bundle things together more, and things are more unique to them. But metas break things down more, and the more you break things down, the more you see that everything's made of the same components. Like literally, physically, everything's just you know electrons, protons, and neutrons. So reality is kind of meta in the fact that everything is just made up of you know three components. Or you can we can go down further, but let's just keep it there. Yeah, the second statement is more meta. What what's like a an example of what you think of when you hear the first sen- uh, statement, Rose? The first one. Mm-hmm. Everything is connected, yet it's all unique. Um, mm, I guess if everything is connected, yet everything is unique. I'm thinking of like you know, this is the Earth, Earth as a whole. Everything is, you know, I live in Florida. I live in Martin County. I live in. I'm not gonna give my address, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. We live in a society. (laughs) You're preaching the choir, man. (laughs) But I guess I'm thinking in fact of like a community. And yet everything in that community is different. But at the same time, there's groups of like people, houses, cars. Now I'm like breaking it down into like different things. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. It doesn't make make sense. sense. But it makes sense to me. No, it it completely makes sense. You you, you were describing... The meta or the the meta versus meta worldview, kind of like pr- that was a pretty good analogy, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow! Oh, Alex, I should take your job. You should. You should. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, so you kind of already answered this, but like, what what's something that comes to mind when you think of uh, everything is distinct yet it's all the same? So <laughs> it's like in a society, right? In a community, there's houses, there's people. <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> um, can you repeat the question again? <laughs> Distinct oh. yet the same. Okay, sorry. Right? Yeah, so yes. nothing is con- nothing is connected, yet it's all the same. Okay, yeah, because I, I definitely agree, like, in the end, we're all made of the same base components, and everything is... I don't know. I'm just different. Like I'm not. I'm looking at a tree outside. I'm not that tree. Mm-hmm. But 
We're all made up of the same base components. Mm-hmm. When I mm-hmm. die and cremated, I will be one with the earth. <laughs> I don't know. But like if I'm just I guess I'm just using that as like a another like I'm not a tree, but at the same time when I decompose, I'm just gonna become because we're all made up of the same I don't know. Again, that makes no sense. I'm horrible at expressing myself, so I do apologize. I think it was pretty good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah, most people just hate when we ask that question, which is understandable because it's just a nonsense <laughs> question. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, universal local preferences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you want to ask this, Colby? So we've done this in the podcast before, but just so you know, Rosie. Uh, basically, we have this dichotomy: universal and local. And some people are universal and some people are local. And universal people like principles and they like uh, abstract ideas and they like um, things that apply to many different things. Um, Local people like practical things. Um, They're pragmatic and they like hyper-specific knowledge, even though that hyper-specific knowledge is less useful. Um, it's less useful broadly. You can apply it to many things, but it's very useful in a particular context. So that's a very quick definition of universal local. Um, how how are you with abstract thought? Like thinking about things, like in your head, just like you don't have any physical help. You're just like, you're maybe you're even trying to solve a problem in your head. Like, mm-hmm. do you do that? I don't know. You should have done this one, Alex. <laughs> I'm no, yeah, I'm a, I'm a very visual person, so a lot of my thoughts are abstract. Like, I, I've never, I've always thought everyone could see, like, things in their mind. And recently I read where it's, like, people, some people can't visualize, like, items. You know, they, yeah. they see, like, words maybe, but, like, you know, thinking of a word, but, like, they can't take something and visualize that, like, Yeah, item. so this is going into a dip, this is going in a very different direction than I intended, but it's perfect oh, because... Sorry. Mesa people, we agree that Mesa people have much richer imaginations than meta people. Okay, so you 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 feel like you have a vivid imagination. Yeah. Yeah, my imagination is na- not very good, and I'm like full meta, so I'm kind of like the opposite. Like, I can picture things in my head, but I just don't think it's as vivid as like yours, for instance. Okay, so basically, a universal thought process is a thought process that has to do with abstract concepts um something a universal statement never is talking about a specific object or a specific person or a specific thing it's always talking about something broad so like the statement men are taller than women that we gave that as an example before is a universal statement because it's not true in every specific situation but it is true broadly speaking now, local, it would be the opposite. Uh, concrete thought process, uh, more specific in nature, more um, circumstantial in nature. So the example we gave previously was uh, John is taller than Sally. That's very true. It's incredibly true, and it's very specifically useful. But that doesn't tell you anything about the world at large or about men versus women um, in general. So... Universal is abstract, vague, uh, not concrete. Local is very concrete, very specific. Uh, more true, but less broadly useful. More specifically useful. So without us giving you like any specific anecdotal example, where do you naturally feel like you fall in that spectrum? Relative to the greater population, let's say. Yes. Mm. I would say more universal, but not like 100%. Okay, so you feel like you're more universal than most people you talk to? Possibly. Okay. Yes. <laughs> no, that's good. What makes you say that? Give me an example. The fact that I'm being so big, vague about being universal kind of, I don't know, leads me to believe that I'm more universal, but... um. See, I don't have it. I don't have an example. I just, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that, that's actually a good example of being universal. Yeah, <laughs> not having an example. <laughs> I just, I just am. I don't know. That was a trick question. It's just how it be. 
Um, oh, that just that just how it be. That's very messa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have we happen to know a lot of the same people, so I'll I'll try to think of an example. What about like okay between you and Cheyenne? Who for the listener, she is also an SFP. Uh, would you feel do you feel you're more universal or less universal than her? Mm, I feel like I'm more universal than Cheyenne. Any anecdotal reason why you feel that way? <laughs> I feel like she is more focused on like concrete details or like stuff like that than I am. Yeah, I was I almost had a question. Um I was going to I was going to ask the same question. Um uh scale of from 1 to 10, how much would you agree that um people are dense? Scale of 1 to 10. People are on average too dense? Like uh 4 Three and okay. a half and to then, four. Like sometimes if I'm really irritated, I can be like, oh, this person's so stupid. Why? Like, it's like, especially when I'm driving, sometimes when I'm driving, like people slam on their brakes or I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't Alex, know. I, Alex, I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, you know, when a local gets annoyed at a universal, they think this. When a universal gets annoyed at a local, they think this. What is, what is this? So, you know what I'm I yeah, think that's a yeah, good question yeah, yeah. that I should have had before this interview occurred. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, what do what do you lo- what do locals say about universals that are annoying? You know, um, uh, got his head in the clouds. Um, that's irrelevant. I've heard a lot of that's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. <laughs> when I'm that's in a de- when I'm in a debate with a local person, I hear a lot of that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, and when I'm in a debate with a person, I, I often feel like, um, <laughs> you're basing your entire argument on an anecdote, <laughs> mm, but sometimes I do say like, um, that has nothing to do with the argument, like, but not a lot when you're expressing a point, mm-hmm. And this is kind of a trick question because I already have an answer in mind based on our conversation today. Um, when you're explaining a point, how often do you rely on anecdotes to get your point across? It's a very good question, Alex. I like it. I don't know. What do you think, Alex? <laughs> is there a less pejorative term for the word anecdote? <laughs> I don't know if there is. Is it's a anecdote sounds Life a, it's experience? a little negative, right? It does. I mean, if it, like a story, I, I say stories all the time. Like if I'm trying to explain something, I'm always like, oh, back when I did this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I guess two things. Uh, how often do you use specific examples when making a point? Or, and, and also how often do you use general like models or principles when making a point? Like you say, generally, this is true. So this is true. And that is, that's true. So this is true. Um there's, those are the kind of two different ways to like make a good point, like specific examples or general principles. Do you th- do you tend to use one more than the other? Um, I think I start off with kind of like little personal stories first, and if that doesn't get through to a person, then I um like rely on principles. But like I always first go to like personal things personal stories do you feel like that's how do i ask this without it being a leading question um why do you start with personal stories i just do (laughs) i don't know i don't have like a specific reason but i don't know i guess to make it more if the argument is like a personal argument like for example we were arguing about using two in one shampoo and conditioner um i'll start off with more of a personal reasoning behind it but then if the person is so dense that they're like oh but i really like it and it's so convenient then i go into like there's parabens and like more specific um reasonings behind it okay okay yeah that's 
Awesome. I, that's a, I love the question. I love the answer. We, we got our, we got our pinned down to being more local in that question, Alex. Good job. <laughs> I, I will say, I will say that in our interview today so far, um, especially during the beginning, uh, almost all, if not all the points you made were made through anecdotes or through personal experiences that you expressed. In fact, uh, almost every question we asked, you had a story Us. to <laughs> yeah. to relate it to. Um and that that's what made that's what made me I I maybe we'll cut this part, I don't know. But you, I've talked to you before about how you're a pretty loaded sub, right? So like, you know, we we do believe that there's subtypes and we believe that one SFP can be way more universal than another. But we do also believe that your type uh expresses your default. So the idea that you use anecdote first to get to a point and then if that doesn't work you uh you go to a more universal approach i think and correct me if i'm wrong colby but i think that that holds validity in our model anyways oh yeah i know i know i know i'm the opposite i i i use a lot of anecdotes but i usually don't start with anecdotes i usually refrain from using anecdotes until i have exhausted my other options if if i'm making an actual point that's just not a story then i will almost never use anecdotes like really i'm super universal that way like i'll almost never use specific examples i'll just always do like here's some fundamental axioms and we build up from there and then that's why this is true you know Mm -hmm. i think we all know people who can't relate an argument back to the real life and i think we all know people who can't argue anything without using personal examples um so the fact that you're able to do both as well as you do i don't want to call other people less smart but i am saying that i think that's a sign that you're pretty intelligent does that make sense yes okay good so Uh, she's blushing And I again, this leads this this kind of leads me back to a different conversation that we've had previously about how in the typology community, censors or what we call locals, um, they people make fun of locals for being less intelligent when that just isn't true. I think anyone who's unable to be local when necessary and universal when necessary is going to have run into similar problems. And to call one more intelligent, the other is um, dense. To use is unintelligent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should we move on to meta message preferences? Yes, I think we've spent a lot of time on universal local. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of cutting to do, Alex. Or this is just gonna be a long mm-hmm. episode. We'll see. <sighs> meta and Mesa needs a lot of work. This dichotomy. Um, yes, it does. I don't know. If you have any ideas, you can you can go for it. Well, let let's start with let's start with a meta local question. Are you prone to keeping lots of lists? Yes, I do love making lists. Yes. Okay. What kind of situation do you use lists in? All the time. Like so um like if I have work to do and I have it in an email that I have work to do, like I make a separate list. Like, so I don't have to keep going back to my emails. Like, I write it down. I like writing things down. Um, if I have a lot to do that week, rather than writing it on my calendar, um, in my bathroom, if you take an expo marker to the mirror, it just wipes off. So I make, like, a list on my mirror of, like, things, important things I have to do that day or, like, that specific week. Like, don't forget, I have this thing on Friday at 11.30 in the morning, something like that. But, um, and then we went camping in February and we couldn't decide what campground to go to. So I made a list for everyone of like the campgrounds, um, how much they were, how much travel each one got, like how populated each one were, each one was and stuff like that. So. Okay. 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 That's good. Um, Now, if you weren't to make that list, how much stuff do you think you'd remember just naturally? Not as much. I rely on lists a lot, actually. 
I think the question I'm getting at is I'm, I'm kind of wondering if you're similar to me in that list making is a learned behavior that I've that I've personally personally and like and personally list making is a learned behavior that I picked up because I forget everything. How true would that statement be for you? It's definitely learned um, back when I was younger. I, I remember things better back when I was younger, but even still now, my mom's like, why didn't you do this? And I'm just like, oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. Like, I'll do it now. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. forgot. Like, eventually I would have walked by and noticed like, oh, hey, I forgot to do that. Let me go do it. But um, so even when I was younger, especially during like uh, summer breaks, my mom would have more chores for me to do when I woke up from school and it was a list. So I think from that not only like her making lists, but me just also not remembering things 100% of the time. Um, lists just are a part of me now. Okay. Do you like cooking? More than baking. I hate baking. I love cooking. Okay. Do you like following recipes when you cook? No. And that's why I hate baking. <laughs> <laughs> like I can look at a general recipe and I'm just like, oh, okay, a cup of this. And then I measure it out. I'm like, that's about a cup. And I pour it in. Like, if I don't know how to make it, and it's my first time making it, then sure, I will follow a recipe. But then, like, the second, third time, if I'm still looking at a recipe, then I'm not following it as closely. Like, I'm adding things like, okay, it says three cloves of garlic, but that's not enough. I'm just going to add more until I like it. That's also why I don't like baking. Because if you add more of one thing, then the whole thing is ruined, and it's disgusting, and I hate it. <laughs> I, think the baking, I think the baking cooking thing is... Is good. It's actually a very good because if you're it, it, you're gonna account for lots of variables like when you do baking versus cooking because it's about food already, um, and you're already in the kitchen, so you're narrowing down the variables. And yeah, I think baking is much more meta, and cooking is more massa. So I think that's a great. Uh, yeah, I like Alex. Yeah. Do you, do you know what flow state is? I don't know what flow state is, Rosie. Mm-mm. Um, do you ever get to a point where you're working, probably painting, probably doing something with a, like a, a can, like probably not photography, where you, where time just passes by and you don't even realize what's going on kind of, and you're like really in your own world. Do you ever get like really zoned in on your work and you're not thinking about anything else and you kind of, um, you start ignoring the things that don't have to do with painting at all around you? Do you ever get like oh, that? Oh yeah. Or? Oh yeah. I did a a mural the other week and I was there for nine hours and I forgot to eat and drink. Oh, healthy. I think that's messa. Alex, don't you think like getting, getting really sucked into something is messa. I feel like Th- that's very messa. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So forgetting to eat and drink. Very good. Yeah. Good. I mean, it's not, <laughs> I mean, that's not good. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, even, even if I'm home working, my mom, she's, she now works from home, but, um, she's always like, did you eat? Did you drink? Because that, that's just something I'm working <laughs> And I forget to eat and drink. I just forget to do it. I don't know why. I'm just working and stuff. Do you ever forget to eat and drink, Colby? No. Huh. That's interesting. Never. I definitely forget to eat and drink sometimes. Definitely. Um, You're the only person that I've met like that, Alex. Everyone else is like, how do you forget? And I'm just like, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Do you get surprised a lot? Like the emotion of surprise. Do you feel like your emotion of surprise is experienced by you to a greater degree than normal people or to a lesser degree? And I mean surprise, not just like shocked, like someone walks out of a closet, but like someone says something you didn't expect or there was a result you didn't expect or they meant something different. And you feel like this little, like you feel your brain like jostle a lot and you're like surprised you know the emotion um only with certain people because some people just say like outlandish things to get a rise out of other people and like sometimes i'm just like did they just really say that like are they are they okay (laughs) but um normally i would say no Mm. yeah normally no what about sarcasm are you a very sarcastic person? So my definition of sarcasm is like saying the opposite of what you mean on purpose in full knowledge that your audience knows that you're saying the opposite as a comedic uh, tool. It depends on who I am around. So if I'm around my friends and I'm very comfortable around them, 
then yeah, I make jabs at my friends all the time. I'm sarcastic. But if it's with someone, even if I do know them well, then I know that they're more sensitive than not so much. Do you ever have trouble understanding sarcasm? No, not really. Especially if I'm face to face with them to like read their face as they're saying something sarcastic. I'm like, okay, they're kidding. And like normally I play along with it depending on who it's aimed towards. Yes. Yes. She does like picking on people with sarcasm, especially if they don't catch the sarcasm. (laughs) Oh, that's even better. (laughs) They're like, why is everyone doing this? Do people say stupid things a lot? Like they clearly miss the point sometimes. A lot of people, I wouldn't say normally. Normally I'm the one who says stupid things. (laughs) Because I'm the one who missed the point. Okay. But um, (laughs) When have you missed the point? I guess that's a weird question to ask. But like, what, what do you mean by that? I don't know. Like sometimes people, if people are talking and then I, I don't know. I always interject with like something and it's like dumb. I'm like, I don't know what they mean. And I'm just. If I really don't understand what they mean, then sometimes I just nod and I'm just like, uh-huh, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. But um, if they're talking about something that I need to know or, like, that's actually important and I honestly don't understand it, then I'll ask. And I, it makes me feel stupid. Like, it probably isn't stupid, but it makes me feel stupid to ask, like, what does that mean? Well, I've had this pet theory that I didn't share with, like, anyone else in physiotype that... Mesa people have a harder time with sarcasm. I'm not sure that's true, though. I could definitely be wrong about that. And I, cause a lot of time, SFPs are the biggest trolls of them all. So, you know, um, so maybe not. And then, um, <laughs> nice. Um, and then the reason why I asked about um, people saying stupid things a lot is, I don't know. I feel like sometimes when I talk to pure messes, they won't understand me um, or... Um, messes can get like on a railway like a they their thoughts become like a kind of a a train barreling forward down and anything that's not directly related to what they're saying is becomes like this preposterous thing that came out of left field according to them so that's why i asked that about um people saying stupid things but neither of those neither of those questions were successful so (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) no it's not no it's not it's my fault for coming up with terrible questions (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right alex i uh i seed my time with the meta mesa stuff um yeah so the last dichotomy is probably going to be the easiest rose do you feel like you're more prone or more supine of a person <laughs> <laughs> i am very supine <laughs> the end that's <laughs> No, yeah, no. I'm I'm a very very supine person. Um in everything I do, I feel oh, yeah. I do. I'm very supine. The majority of the time. Why do you think that is? Because you told me I was. <laughs> Why do you do supine things? Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm just more of like a laid back person. I'm more of like a uh I'm very not only supine but like submissive in behavior and like i may feel strongly about something but if someone has another thought i'm just like sure let's do that instead like i i I don't know i'm more i don't know just supine i say sorry too much i do a lot of supine behavior basically just i don't i'm a people pleaser so i don't like to make other people upset so a lot of things that i do are to please other people what's like your your native response when you are in conflict or when you see a conflict when i when i see a conflict between two people is to mind my own business and to like turn around and like walk away like if i if i see two people yelling at each other and i'm walking on the same sidewalk as them then i like hop on the other side of the sidewalk and mind my own business and just like i'm i hate being a part of it Okay, okay. And what if they have conflict with you? Um if it's in public, like if if it's in public and other people that aren't in the argument are staring at me and they're like looking at me like, "Oh my goodness, like these two people are arguing." Then I shut down. Like I hate it when I get attention from 
random strangers. Like, especially if someone's yelling at me, not going to lie, I will probably cry. If someone's yelling at me and oh, yeah, no. if someone's yelling at me in public, it's happened before. Yeah. Um, if someone's yelling at me in public and I just feel everyone staring at me, then I will probably cry. I will hold it back for as long as I can, but then I will cry. <laughs> but if, if it's Rip. like in a private home and I'm like arguing with someone like for reals, then I'll probably argue for a little bit and be like, I'm tired of this. I'm not arguing anymore. And then just stop arguing and let them tie themselves out. So she's very supine and very agreeable. Um, you should join the cult I'm starting. You'd make a oh, great acolyte. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Is it easy for people to act- to genuinely change your mind? It depends on how passionate I am about the subject. Like, mm, People can change my mind about things but it's not necessarily like i still believe that this thing it maybe is or is not true but if it's not hurting anyone then i really don't care like i'm gonna use another personal story um there's this thing called the zapper and my mom uses the zapper it's supposed to like kill parasites and it's supposed to do all the stuff that do i know it works have i done research about it no because i don't care well i recently had well it was like a group of us and we had like an argument about it but one person started it and he really hates the zapper but i don't care enough like i'm just like it's not hurting anyone let them use the zapper like there's not many things that i'm like a lot of things i'm just like okay like i believe in it and if you're gonna try to change my mind then good luck because i honestly probably don't care that much but i will listen to their side of the story now if someone says something that you disagree with or that is wrong do you will you speak up or will you often just let it go and how do you think you would fit in with the greater population do you think you're you would tend to speak up more tend to speak up less it depends on how much authority they have like if it's my um friend who says something i'm just like oh i disagree with that but if it's like my boss and he has a disagreement or if he says something that's incorrect i try to i don't tell them up front especially if they have a lot of authority that they're incorrect or that they're wrong i try to steer them in the other direction and then i try to like subtly hint that maybe there's a better idea than what they have like i i can't just tell someone up front like that's stupid it's wrong why are you acting like this you're being dumb <laughs> is that what you're thinking <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a lot of the times, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I can't say that to people because I would feel bad. Thanks for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you did, if you could please leave us a star review or a written review on whatever podcast app you're on or on Apple Podcast, uh, Podcast Addict, any of them, uh, just explaining why you liked the show or why you didn't. Hopefully you did. Um, yeah. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for listening. We will see you next episode.